0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated.
1: Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 521. It's great to have your company once again. Thank you for listening. This is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we have the latest on the Optus data breach and what this means for you. If you're a customer, Amazon launches a new Alexa Kids experience and I am now part of an exciting new lifestyle TV show. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a listen to the new second generation AirPods Pro. Google has released a new Chromecast and we go through the main features of the latest Windows 11 update and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. All right, well, where do we start with the Optus data breach? We found out about it on Thursday, which was actually the the public holiday for the Queen, uh, the day of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II, Her Majesty, that was her public holiday, and I found out about it. I got a call from a Channel 7 reporter who wanted me to comment on this data breach, which up until that point I hadn't heard of, but I soon jumped online and uh, a couple of hours later knew a lot more and was uh, able to comment, uh, give my comments for their story on Channel 7, and I've done several interviews on TV and radio ever since. But uh, this is probably the biggest data breach in Australia, the, the largest amount of data that's been stolen in a hack. Uh, they're still sifting through the, uh, the crime scene, if you like. The Australian Federal Police are involved now, and there are a lot of things going on. And meanwhile, Optus has just started reaching out to customers about what their next steps, what they should do, some advice on, uh, on how to check various things. It was, uh, the worry, the worrying thing about this breach is the fact that it was, uh, it, it captured a lot of information, a lot of data, customer data that could potentially be used in, uh, identity theft. And we're talking, Names, addresses, phone numbers, physical addresses, dates of birth. Uh, in some cases, some had passport numbers and, and license, driver's license numbers as additional forms of identification. And the worry there is that they can all form enough points of identity to take out a loan in your name or a credit card in your name or a phone number in your name. And that's the real worry here, the biggest worry. And Optus insists there was no password stolen. And they also say there were no financial details stolen. So no credit card numbers, no bank details, no passwords. That's, well, that's, let's call that the silver lining, if you like. that's If they had have got the passwords as well, that'd be game, set and match for hacks to, to be everywhere across the board. But the worry though still is that there is enough info out there for it to be used against some of these Optus customers and not even not only current customers but former Optus customers going as far back as 2017 so if you've been an Optus customer in the last 5 years there's a good chance that your data is now in the hands of these cyber criminals let's talk about the attack The Optus CEO held a press conference an online press conference that's Kelly Bayer Rosemarin she's been CEO I think for about a year at Optus and she comes from a banking background so security is second nature to her and so this happening on her watch is actually uh, is a is pretty big and that was actually the question that I asked her on a personal level. I asked her, "How do you feel about this happening on your watch?" And that was actually, look, I'm not proud of it, but that was the actual point of the interview where it was reported that she actually broke down a little bit and almost cried a little bit. That was after I asked her that question. And I, look, I, that was not, my intention was not to make her cry, but it was. Uh, she was very personal about this whole thing. She said, "Look, I'm very sorry and apologetic. Should not have happened." She was. She said, "I'm. Well, I'm angry uh, that there are people out there who want to do this to our customers. I'm disappointed." That we couldn't have prevented it. I'm disappointed that it undermines all the great work we've been doing. And uh, I believed her. That that passion really came through. I think that's the reason why she got emotional about it because this is she's taking this personally, and uh, as any CEO would. So it's not it's not really the best look for Optus to have this kind of thing happen to them. It was it's still being investigated. Was it a, a lack of security in their system? Was a human error? There's all these things that are being speculated. Nothing official, of course, but this is they're trying to work out what happened, but also to try to prevent it happening again. Now, Miss uh, Ms. Rosmarin, the Optus CEO, also described the attack and what happened in the attack. She described it as a sophisticated attack, and the reason why she called it that was because of the method used now she said she found out about it on the wednesday which is the 21st of september that was the day that it happened she found out about it they they noticed some unusual activity on the network and that was when the attack occurred uh, the she did report that the the attack originated somewhere in europe and the attackers though were covering their tracks they were changing their IP address as it went along so it's hard to trace where something's coming from and stopping it if you don't know where it's coming from now an IP address is basically your internet fingerprint it's your address on the internet so if i was to send someone an abusive email from my from my home computer then police could easily trace back the IP address to my home to here to this location and so you can just imagine the sophistication where these cyber criminals can change that, make it dynamic. So there's no way of pinning them down. And that's the level, it's sort of government level skills involved here. And still, we don't know who or who did it, did this. Europe is, is what they're talking about. This is a popular pastime in European countries, including Russia. So we don't know exactly where it, where it came from. Now, the most recent developments is the fact that there's been a ransom demand. Optus uh, uh, allegedly there's a one point five one million US dollars, so let's call it one point five million Aussie dollars, a ransom to say that if you if that's paid, then all the data would be returned. Now, this is a tricky situation, and I, I'm, I'm Pretty sure that Optus will not will not bow down to this. It's like it's like not negotiating with terrorists. And who's to trust the cyber criminal anyway? Who's to say that if they pay up the one point five million Aussie dollars, that that data hasn't already been on sold on the dark web? Who's to say that? So I'd say paying them any money is probably useless because they would have shared the data anyway and got a bonus one point five million dollars out of it. The other the other thing that angered customers and, and I've got just just for the record I am an Optus customer myself have been for more than 20 years. I've been uh, with them I've got mainly I've been a phone customer with them but uh, now I'm only a an NBN customer. So my, my internet account is through Optus. So they have uh, not they did not contact uh, their customers directly for an, for a couple of days. And the reason they gave for this, we asked her, Kelly Bayer Rosemarin, the Optus CEO, this question in this press conference. And she said that they chose to communicate through the media. And they put it out there that anyone who's sending them an SMS or an email with a link to treat that as, as phishing, to treat that as a scam, because they didn't want customers to be confused. So Optus went on the record saying we're not sending SMSs with tech with links or my emails with links. So if you do receive a, an email with a link that, that that claims to be from Optus, it's a scam and delete it. They chose to re- report through the media, and they are now starting to communicate via email to customers. Again, no links, and it's odd because I've seen a few people sharing their communication. And I think the basis of the communication, that it's based on the people contacted first by name are the ones most at risk. So there, there would be, you know, dear David or dear Stephen, I myself have received just the generic emails about the update on the cyber attack. I have not received the personalized email. So I'm to assume from that that my information must be safe or hardly any of my information got out. So... That's a good thing, I guess. But not everyone is in the same boat. And the question I keep getting asked is, what can customers do? There's a few things you can do. I think number one is to make sure you've got the two-factor authentication set up, not only on your Optus account, but every account. Every single account you have, whether it's social media, your bank, your, your your phone company, your internet account, whatever it happens to be, PayPal account, whatever you've got, set up two-factor authentication. So the first factor of authentication is your password. Second factor of authentication is the code they send to you on your mobile phone for you to type in to confirm it is actually you logging into that account. Because in the worst case scenario, if someone has got your password and you don't have two-factor authentication, your account is gone with two factor authentication even if the cyber criminal knows your password or guesses your password they don't have your mobile phone in their hand so that's how it's you're going to be protected change your password if you if you must i think it's they say said passwords weren't compromised but it's a good idea to change them anyway change make them different from your other accounts have different passwords use a password manager if you have to use Norton 360, part of Norton 360 security, our great sponsors, Norton, part of their package there is a password manager, as you'll hear uh, later on, but use a, use a password manager if you have to. But I think it's a good idea to have that two-factor authentication set up so that you have that added layer of protection. Now, the other thing too, if you, if you fear you may be the victim of identity theft, if you are one of these customers who has whose passport number was was compromised, was shared, was their their license. And Optus will be contacting those customers to tell you then it'd be a good idea for you to run a credit check, a credit report. You can you 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 go to ClearScore and and the Equifax a few of these there's a lot of places you can do it. And pull a credit report now and then go back in a month and do the same thing. Now, what the, that report will show is if your name has been used to apply for a credit card. I've got a link to ClearScore on my story on tech guide, So you, you that, that's one way of seeing if someone's applied for, for a credit card. I know of a case where a woman I know was applying for a home loan and the bank approved her loan. They said, listen, how what about this other debt you've got here? Or hey, What are you going to do about that? She said, what debt? She pulled a credit score, credit report, and found that someone had created a credit card in her name had run up this massive debt. And she had no idea that it was going on. But they managed to have enough points of identification for that to happen. You don't want that to happen to you, so run these credit checks. Now, Optus have also been in communication. And they they actually contact the media. They're saying that, you know, thank you, those of you are helping protect our customers through your reporting. And I've done I've written stories about that. Uh, they're, they're encouraging people – well, they're encouraging us to, uh, w- to offer advice to our readers to – Form current and former customers who've been impacted to go to cyber.gov.au. Those impacted are also advised to contact reputable sources for information, including Money Smart, uh, ID Care, these are places where you can check if your ID or passwords are being used, and Office of the Australian Information Commissioner. I'll put those links up on Tech Guide as well. But that is what you can do to stay safe to hopefully. Uh, nothing will happen as a result of this. And that figure, 9.8 million, that's another uh, another fact that was challenged by the Optus CEO. She said it was much lower than that. How much lower we don't know, but 9.8 million is nearly every customer that that is that is working that is using Optus services. So uh, if it's lower than that, I hope it's a lot lower than that. But that's all we know for now. Stay tuned to Tech Guide. We're going to update as we as we learn. As we find out what happened, we are sort of speaking to a lot of our sources of who who've given us a couple of hints on what might have happened until that's confirmed, of course, we can't say anything. but uh, there are there are some investigations going on, not only by Optus but by myself and and some of my contacts as well. So, stay tuned to Tech Guide if you need to know more. And if you're in particular, if you're an Optus customer as well, it's really important that you stay on top of all this information. You can try, find out more about the Optus hack and keep up to date with all the developments at techguide.com.au.
0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
1: We all love Amazon. I'm a, We're an Alexa family here, I've got to say. They're, all our smart speakers are. All Alexa speakers. I don't want to say that too loud because my Alexa speaker is going to pipe up in the background here. But Amazon Australia has created a new experience for kids. It's a the new experience with Alexa. If you've got an Echo Smart Speaker, and that experience is Amazon Kids, and this is a way for your child to be able access uh, the 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 features of the speaker and the co- and content through the speaker, but with parental controls, parental parameters in place. There's a dashboard that allows parents, mum and dad to set up what they can and can't listen to, for example. So that you can set uh, set all that up so that when they do talk to the Echo speaker, it will recognize that that's uh, they're on the kids version of the of uh, the Amazon service and they are having a safe experience. And, and they can do things like playing games, singing along to Amazon Music, telling jokes. So this is all clean, fun, that it's designed for a child. So it even goes down to the point where parents can actually block songs with explicit lyrics from streaming services that are accessed through the speaker, including Amazon Music, including Apple Music, and also Spotify as well. But it goes a little bit further than that. Parents can even set time limits and also set bedtime so their kids aren't interacting with Alexa late at night. If it's past their bedtime, they know, that say the parents might put like a 9pm curfew on it. So if the child's trying to talk to the speaker, no response. It's bedtime. Or if it's during their period when they should be doing their homework, again, same deal. Now, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Amazon Kids on Alexa can also be used for internal household communications. You can already do that with your – if you've got a a number of Echo speakers in your home, you can actually use them as an internal intercom rather than shouting from the other end of the house like we do sometimes here. But you can actually use your Alexa speakers to uh, communicate between each other, and that's part of Amazon Kids as well. Uh, And the the good thing too with this is – you can, if you, if your child, let's say, in your child's playroom or a bedroom, they've got a dedicated Echo device, so that can be set up from the get-go to provide only the Amazon Kids experience. And now, with dynamic profile switching, you can even set Voice ID and Visual ID. If your Echo has a camera, if it's got a screen and a camera, it can not only recognise the child's voice but also recognise their face. So it can actually call your child by their name and even personalize the experience even more. How's that? Alexa's going to know your child's name. But it's all safe. The parental dashboard is actually quite good. And if you're an Alexa family and you've got kids under the age of 12, then I think this is a pretty good idea to check out. If you want to find out more and see some pictures of the Echo Show and, and just learn how to do it, how it can be set up, all of that can be found at techguide.com.au. <laughs> Alrighty, it's uh, humble brag time. Uh, This uh, uh, I have just been included. Uh, I've shot one episode of a new TV show called Living Proof. I am the tech expert in the in the show, and it's a new lifestyle TV show which aims to inform and inspire viewers with uh, engaging segments uh, about health and well-being, travel, and fashion. And technology. Now, the show was commissioned by Gem Life. That's one of Australia's fastest growing over 50s lifestyle resort operators. They've already got communities across New South Wales, Queensland, and Victoria, and more on the way. The episodes can be accessed via YouTube every month. And guess what? Episode one is available now. It is uh, in, embedded in our story on Tech Guide, so you can click through and watch the entire first episode, the tech segment uh, of that show I did via Zoom. I was unable to travel uh, into, into the studio in, in on the Sunshine Coast for family reasons. It was uh, my father-in-law passed away at the time, and we had – all his arrangements. So I couldn't actually travel, but I still did the segment. Uh, we did it via zoom, but for I've, I've shot now episodes two, three, four, and five. And I flew up to the sunshine coast for the day and shot all four episodes in one day. The next shoot uh, day is going to be in December for episodes six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. So uh, there is a, a long list of subjects we're talking about in episode one. Appropriately, In the week of the Optus breach, episode one, I'm talking about all about internet security and how to stay safe online. Very timely. Great timing for that subject. But in the coming weeks, I'm going to be talking about smart TV, setting up digital wallets, setting up a smart home, scanning QR codes. So all the stuff that over 50s who well, they want to learn more and the uh, I'm, I'm there to explain it with our great hosts, uh, the co-hosts uh, Michael Croker and Lee Muirhead. The, uh, they're they're great co-hosts, and I was actually in the in the studio with them up on the central, Sunshine Coast for the segments that we shot for the upcoming episodes of Living Proof. Well worth uh, you checking out. I hope you enjoy it. It's uh, some it's it's really well put together, really slick production, and I'm really honoured to be part of it. The uh, the as I said, the shows are going to be released through YouTube on the Gem Life channel. I've got links to all of that as well as the first episode. On my story on Tech Guide, and I encourage you to check it out and also keep an eye out for future episodes. You can see all of that, including that first episode, at techguide.com.au.
0: Keeping you updated and educated Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton, they're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Does that sound familiar with the Optus breach? Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web market for your personal details and, and if discovered, it will notify you. So if you're an Optus customer and you do have Norton 360 and all this stuff hits the dark web, you'll get a notification to so that you know that you need to take some care. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and the dark web monitoring all in a single solution with real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, parental controls to help manage your kids' online time, and school time to manage your child's remote learning, the password manager that I mentioned earlier to generate, store, and manage all your passwords, and your other credentials more securely, SafeCam for PC, and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones, or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer.
0: And now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennec.
1: First up is the new AirPods Pro. This is the second generation. This was announced at the iPhone event a few weeks ago. And I've had my hands on these for a little while. And I've got to say, an amazing improvement from generation one to the next the originals were released almost three years ago, would you believe, back in October 2019. This is the first update for nearly three years, and Apple has been busily working away to deliver a much better second-generation model, and I'm saying better across the board. Now, design-wise, pretty identical. So the apart from a slightly relocated sensor and vents, it looks pretty much the same as the original. Uh, there is a, the addition of an extra soft eartip. There's four included, not three, just so you can get that nice, comfortable fit. But I'm talking improvements in not only the audio quality, better spatial audio, transparency mode, and amazing noise cancellation. Among the best we've heard, a remarkable improvement. The, the AirPods I was pretty happy with them. though They fit me pretty comfortably. Uh, the, the default ear tips were the ones that fit me anyway. I'm normally sort of the middle, the mid-size uh, tips that fit me. And they were pretty secure. They were never going to fall out of my ears. So uh, pretty cool there. For the first time as well, there is now volume control on the bottom of the stalk. So the stalk, if you press and hold it, that activates uh, transparency mode. And if you press and hold it again, it gets you back to active noise cancellation a short press um, pauses music, another short press plays your music. I think two, two presses goes forward, three presses goes back, and uh, that, that's really easy to do. But now the stalk, if you sort of rest your thumb on the bottom of the stalk and just rub your index finger up and down on either of the AirPods, that controls the volume. So now you don't even need to reach for your phone or your tablet, whatever you're streaming from, and you can uh, control the volume. Now, all the changes under the hood responsible for from the new Apple H2 chip. This does all the heavy lifting. It powers all of the improvements. The quality all comes from the H2 chip, which has double the transistors of the H1, at more than a billion. So a lot of transistors in there. And how does that make it better? Well, it unlocks the potential of the adaptive EQ. It it creates a much richer sound. Sound quality has really improved. Uh, So it looks after the sound across a wider range of frequencies, as well as improving the transparency mode, noise cancellation. That's all thanks to the computational skills of this chip all comes through. Now, on the audio quality front, if you are a current owner of the AirPods Pro, you will hear the improvements right away. The music is bolder, larger, much better bass levels as well. It is noticeably better. But the other thing that helps it better, become better and sound better is the active noise cancellation. Ambient sound can really kill your audio quality. But if you can cancel out those sounds then all you can focus on is the music. And the active noise cancellation has gone up to a level that I would say puts it in the same ballpark as dedicated audio brands like Bose, Sony, Bowers and Wilkins, all these audio brands that have, I reckon, the best noise cancelling on the market. This is now in the conversation. The AirPods Pro 2, active noise cancellation among the best I've ever heard. Now, the other thing too is, of course, you want to have the the active noise cancellation. And when that's activated, by the way, it's like the sound is sucked out of the room. It's remarkable. Someone could be talking to you next to you. You won't hear it. But Transparency mode has improved as well. Now, transparency mode is when you want to hear the outside world. You need to hear your flight being called, you want to talk to someone and or order a coffee, or someone wants to have a conversation, you want to you're running near a busy road, you want to hear stuff. And transparency mode is amazing. The best transparency mode. It's like it's like not having the AirPods in your ears. I think it's activated all the microphones and hearing everything super clear, but it's adaptive transparency as well in the fact that if you say happen to walk past a building site and there's a loud jackhammer it's not going to just hammer your ear with that sound it's going to actually dampen some of that sound so you don't know, get it doesn't deafen you that's why it's called adaptive so that is another remarkable feature now the other part of this and this is something apple has with the airpods max and now the and the airpods pro and that is spatial audio. Now spatial audio takes some explaining. Spatial audio is when you, you're you listening to music and this is Dolby Atmos music that you, you can only hear on Apple Music. So it works with the AirPods and works on Apple Music. So there. if you're listening to a Dolby Atmos track, it is going to locate all different sounds all around you, above you, beside you, behind you. Now, if the voice happens to be coming from the front of you and you can kind of hear the direction if you spatial, this is how spatial audio works. So if you turn your head to the left, the voice is still pinned in that, that that position in the room. So if you were to, if the voice is in front of you and you turn your head to the left, your right ear become gets closer to the voice, and that is where you hear the voice. So if you turn your head around and move around in this space. It's like you you are moving in a real room where there's a real band playing. If you're in a, at a concert, the band is going to be playing on a stage in front of you. And if you were to turn your back, you're going to be hearing them coming from behind you. If you turn to your left, you're going to be hearing them out of one ear and the right ear, etc. So that's how spatial audio works. Now... What they've done here is they've actually allowed you to personalise the spatial audio. And at first, I thought, okay, so they play some tones and you you can hear certain things in your ear. But it's actually not. They don't play any sounds. In fact, you need to take your AirPods out. What it does to personalise spatial audio, it takes a photo of your head and take a photo of your ears so it, it, it can decide the distance between your ears to the front of your face and your head and the shape of your head and all of that stuff. And it's sort of like getting your face ID details. So you position your face in the camera frame, move your head in a circle, and then you show your right ear, then show your left ear. And then it t- takes like a, a minute. And then now that is able to personalize the spatial audio to the, your shaped ears, your size of your head, the distance between your ears and your, the front of your head, and all of those details are captured in those images. Now, let's talk about call quality. Now, again, massive, massive improvement. The The AirPods were, were good, were above average for call quality. Now, they are superb, and they were so good that I actually was I when I have a lot of morning radio segments that I do during the week and some of them are as early as like 7:30 7 whatever I sometimes like to go for my morning walk so I get out early and then I'll do the the interview on on my walk now for two of the interviews last week I was wearing the airpods it was a little bit of wind around and neither of the hosts even knew I was on AirPods. They assumed I was just talking through my phone and that the, the wind was suppressed through the noise cancelling and the, my, the beam forming microphones were able to focus in on my voice. So really clear both ends. I was able to hear them clearly. They were able to hear me clearly. And they had no clue that I was talking through the AirPods rather than into the phone itself. I think that's, uh, that's a testament to the quality that they offer. Let's talk battery life. Uh, six hours you get from a, a full charge in the earbuds themselves, and that's with ANC turned on, by the way. Uh, with the case, it's a total of 30 hours. Speaking of the case, the case can now be charged with the Apple Watch charger. So if you've got an Apple Watch charger, if you got might have Apple Watch and Air, AirPods. You can now just take one charger with you. So the Apple Watch charger can magnetically attach the bottom. If you've got a Qi charger, like a wireless charger, that'll work as well. Uh, The the case themselves also have a little speaker built in. So it's like a little mini AirTag. If you misplace your case, you can actually play a sound to the case to locate it. A little bit like an AirTag. So uh, it makes that even easier to find. The AirPods Pro are on sale now. They went on sale on the 23rd of September, which was last week. They're priced at 399 bucks, and I've got to say, they have an amazing improvement across the board. Audio quality, noise cancellation, transparency, spatial mode, quality, and an experience that no, no other earphones can give you this sort of experience. So if you uh, want to hear some improvement, AirPods Pro, second generation, check them out. You can see our full review as well at techguide.com. Next up, we're talking Chromecast. Now, how popular is the Chromecast? I remember writing about the original Chromecast with Google TV. It was announced for 99 bucks. It was the 4K model, and it turned a 4K TV into a 4K smart TV or a smarter 4K TV, let's say, because all 4K TVs are generally pretty smart anyway. But this added apps and features that you your TV natively might not have had. So say, for example, you had a TV that didn't have, say, the, the native KO app if you're a sports fan. The Chromecast with Google TV allowed you to access the Google Play Store and download the KO app on the Google dashboard that you access through the Chromecast. Now, the Chromecast comes, there's two parts of the Chromecast. One is a dongle with a HDMI connection on the, on the end, so that connects to one of your vacant HDMI ports. The other half of this is the remote control. With the dongle connected to the television, you simply fire up the Google Home app on your phone, or it does it through the TV, so it connects to your network uh, you can enter your Google account, all that's done on the TV, on the dashboard itself. It is quite a savvy system because you sign into all the services you use. You say you might sign into Netflix, Stan, Disney+, Plus. it'll suggest the content from those services that you are running that you've signed into, uh, so it can recommend content from there. But there's a new Chromecast. There's a new Chromecast with Google TV. It's now priced at $59. Now, the reason it's cheaper is because it is high definition only. The $99 one, which is still available, can get you 4K content. So if you've got a 4K TV, you've got the 4K Netflix account or the other accounts that offer 4K, that is the one to go for. If you're happy with HD, you might have a smaller TV. You're not not paying for the 4K services you might have KO Sport, for example, which is and Binge, which is only broadcast in HD. So why pay extra for something you're not going to use? That's where this comes in. The latest Chromecast with Google TV, high definition only, and it's $59. Bucks. It is so popular. I recommend this to so many people, and it, it's a game changer. There's been a lot of improvements, though, uh, to over the years. The Chromecast was launched back in 2013, if you can recall, and it allowed you to cast content from your phone, your tablet, or laptop. Now it's got a dashboard of its own, so you can access the content through the dongle onto the TV, control it with the remote. The 4K remote too, the $99 model, also has a voice control. I'm not sure I don't think the $59 one has voice control, but it does have a control. So it, lets you, it literally puts the control in your fingertips with that remote control. Chromecast with Google TV, the HD version, is priced at $59 and it's available now from the Google Store, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman Officeworks and the good guys, and also coming soon to other retailers. If you want to get a closer look at Chromecast with Google TV, HD version, you can do that, techguide.com.au. There's been a massive update to Windows 11, uh, the 2022, they're calling it, the update, they're calling it 22H2, which I think is the second half of 2022. And, and, And for those of you who are on Windows 10 and are hesitating to upgrade to Windows 11, I get a lot of calls on the radio where people are a little bit scared to upgrade to Windows 11 for fear that there's going to be incompatibilities and it's going to make things worse. I've got news for you. Update it. It's worth the update. It's better, way better, more secure, faster, more robust. Definitely worth the upgrade. Of course, your computer has to be able to be able to run Windows 11. There is a PC Health Check app which I've linked on Tech Guide for you to run this on your computer. It'll tell you whether you are able to a run Windows 11 and b if you can run the update. Now, if you're already on Windows 11. And you fancy your computer that it can handle things, you can go to Windows Update in the settings and then hit Update and Security. And then you'll see Windows Update and select Check for updates. And if the upgrade's available, you'll see the Download and Install option. So the, I've left those instructions on Tech Guide. But let's talk about the features that are now included with Windows 11. A lot of accessibility features, I've got to say, and, and that, that's, that's a really good addition. Uh, one of them is voice access. So basically giving you complete control over your computer. So not only controlling the computer, but also creating text just by using your voice. You can even use your voice to open and switch between apps, browse the web, read your emails, write new ones. And all takes place on the, on the device, by the way, not through an internet connection. So you can do this without an internet connection. So it says a lot for the internal, the, the strength and the speed of the system. Live captions is another one. This is a new feature for the deaf or hard of hearing. And it automatically generates captions on the device from any content that has audio on it, including microphone audio. So if you're in a Zoom call, someone's on their mic, it's creating live captions in real time. It's listening and going from speech to text. So great if you're hard of hearing. And again, doesn't require an internet connection. Uh, there's now background blur and portrait blur. We've really adapted to working from home. A lot of people are still working from home. There's the odd video call that takes place. And now you can get the nice background blur. So if, you, if your house is a mess, you don't want anyone to see the, the crap in your, in your background then go the background blur. There's also portrait blur now too. So you get this nice depth of field bokeh effect. So it does really look pretty cool. You're in focus and your background is beautifully uh, out of focus. So that makes yourself look even better. I like this one too, eye contact. When you're looking, when when we're on video calls, we tend to look at the person on the screen who's talking. So we very rarely look into the camera. So looking into the camera means you're making eye contact. But there's a new feature that can, make, that can make it feel like you're having direct contact. So even when you're looking at the screen, not directly at the camera, it'll make it look like your eyes looking at the camera. How it does it, I don't know. Whether it moves pixels and stuff like that, it, can, it does it. It also does automatic framing. So you keep yourself in the center of the video now with this new feature. You can even increase the face to screen size ratio if you, if you move further away from the camera. There's a do not disturb feature too. So you set the rules around when you, when you want to and where you want to receive your notifications with do not disturb. This can be turned on, say, outside your normal working hours or when you're playing a game or watching a movie. It is uh, easy to prioritize there. There's a new taskbar as well, the taskbar overflow. Now, there's only a certain amount of space on the taskbar, but now you can uh, you can have an overflow area where you sort of mouse over it And you can see all these other apps at your fingertips. You can also invoke the start menu, which has changed on Windows 11. the, the, The main menu pops out of the middle, not out of the bottom left corner. And so invoking start, if you have a touchscreen device, all you need to do is swipe with your fingers from the middle of the taskbar and the start menu will appear and you swipe down and it will disappear. There is also new a new file Explorer. File Explorer is this window that allows you to access all the files that you work with each day, including stuff you store in the cloud, whether you're using it across Microsoft 365, 365, everything's there at your fingertips. On the gaming side, Windows 11, this update can optimize your playing conditions, including improving your latency and unlocking other features, including auto HDR, so high dynamic range, and variable refresh rate. Very cool. Now, there's also uh, improved phishing detection. So this means that Microsoft Defender Smart Screen can identify and alert users if they're entering their credentials on a malicious application or a malicious website. If you've got internet security, that'll stop that as well, but good to know that Microsoft has a new feature to do that. They are the main features of Windows 11, 22H2, which is I think stands for the second half of 2022. And a decent update there, all those features and more, you can see at techguide.com.au. You're
0: listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear, they're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole-home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 GHz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi.
0: All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk.
1: The Tech Guide Help Desk, proudly supported by our good mates at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. The new iPhone 14 is out. They have the chargers for you. You don't get a charger in the box, remember? They've got chargers for you, cases They've got charging stands, everything you need to accessorize your new iPhone 14. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I had an interesting question about a being able to use your Bluetooth earphones and headphones on a plane. Now, I did write about a product years ago that is probably no longer for sale. We're talking three, four years ago. But there is a new one coming out. It's called AirFly. This is from 12 South. This is the company that's brought us so many other uh, uh, iPad stands and, and other covers and cases and various things, uh, even charging stands. They've got a lot of cool products that we've written about on Tech Guide. But this time out, the AirFly 2, which is due out in uh, in early October, this is the ability for you to connect to like an in-flight entertainment system or a treadmill or a, or a, a bike in a gym and basically turn that device into – give it Bluetooth. So you can pair your headphones or earphones wirelessly to that. So imagine if you're on a flight. Normally what you need to do is connect a physical cable. You hopefully need to have the adapter. You've got to connect it. You're always tethered to the screen if you've got a cable. Well, if you connect the AirFly to the headphone jack on the plane or on the treadmill, then it generates – a it, it creates Bluetooth for you to pair to your phone – And then now you can wirelessly connect to AirFly, which is connected to the in-flight entertainment system or the treadmill, and you can wirelessly listen on your headphones or AirPods or whatever you're listening to. Uh, You can connect two pairs of headphones at the same time as well, 16 um, 16 plus hours of battery life. So really cool for you to use it in your car, your boat. Non-Bluetooth speakers can now suddenly have Bluetooth connectivity thanks to AirFly. Check them out at Twelve South's uh, website. We're going to get our hands on one and do a review pretty soon. But now that people are travelling again, they want to—they want these little gadgets to take with them on the plane because they want to watch the in-flight entertainment system wirelessly. And with the AirFly, they can do it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for this week. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about, you can find more information at techguide.com.au, including all the stuff about the Optus breach and what you can do to protect yourself. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us too, feel free to shoot us an email at info at or click the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage and that will direct an email my way. We want to thank our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.